The third Sunday of Advent is often called the Joy Sunday, and the candle is labeled Rejoice. Hello, this is Pastor John. The one whose birthday is coming is the one who came to be our Savior. Through his life for us, his suffering for our sins, his rising to assure us of life, we are assured of God's understanding of our weakness his continuing forgiveness, and his gift of new life. We are forgiven, and we may rejoice, and with holy joy, point to Jesus like John did. Well, would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm repeating the words of the prayer of the day because it evokes the image that we're thinking about today and in Advent and that light shining in the darkness. This world can be a dark place for people and there are many forms of darkness. You know, sometimes as I pass through uh, town or the region, there, I pass by homes, uh, some are lit, and some of them physically dark, and I wonder what happens within them. Jesus knows, and that's why he has come into the world. Jesus is the light which this world desperately needs. Now, I was, I was a bit um, shocked, but then as I thought about it, Uh, not so shocked when I heard uh, earlier in the year, I think it was June or July, the Surgeon General, U.S. Surgeon General, uh, declared that we are in a loneliness crisis. Loneliness, he said, is contributing to the early death of millions of people. Social structures... I mean, why? Why is it? Well, social structures have pointed down, and even the, the technology which has promised improved in communication has failed us, in fact, isolated us. But Jesus, who is here, present in the Word and in the sacraments, has befriended us, and we are never alone. This is what we're thinking about today. By being present, He has also made us friendly, filled our hearts with compassion for our neighbor, and we are God's answer to this loneliness crisis. But the world does not see us as friends. In fact, sometimes it sees us, um, it is openly hostile uh, to us, and is that really true, or is that fear speaking out? Well, perhaps it's true, but how shall we overcome it? Well, Jesus has put this congregation and the congregations of Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry in their various places, in the village, in the region of the Sand Hills, because he loves all those people who are living lonely lives. Isolation is really 
only the first thing to say about hell. So, he empowers our words to break down barriers in the same way that John's words were powerful and with the very power of God. John makes a great statement in the gospel lesson today, uh, verse 25. Among you stands one you do not know. He speaks of one who is among the people, but they don't recognize him. John knows his greatness, for John recognizes that he's not even worthy to tie up his sandals. And John can see that he is there. So John doesn't bring the Christ, uh, nor do we bring Christ to the nations. But we point out the one who's right there. We do not bring Christ. We joyfully point him out. So we point out Jesus who stands among people who don't recognize him. So John is the way preparer for the Lord. That was his job. And in verse 23, he says in so many words, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And Jesus is the Lord. This Lord doesn't just reach out his hand from heaven and reach to this fallen creation and then, you know, fix some things. He, He actually, Jesus comes himself. He has come to save creation. He loves it. He he does not wait for it to welcome him or to get something right. He comes. He puts himself in the middle of his people. For this world in which we live right now, that can be a powerful message of joy and hope. We are not alone. God cares. So our job, again, sweet as it is, is to point to him like John did. Now, as we confessed earlier, we tend to make and receive forgiveness for, in our confession and forgiveness, we tend to make evangelism into such a burden. You know, something we have to do. John is actually making this easy for us. Christmas and lots of visitors are just around the corner. We have a wonderful opportunity this Wednesday in the midweek Bible school Christmas program and then our Christmas Eve services, Christmas Day service. You have a flyer that that you can just hand to somebody. How easy is that? We just point. Have we made what should be a joyful sharing of something we love into a burden. I find that, you know, when I see a film that I like, I want to talk about it. Or if, I, if we eat at a, a, a restaurant, a good restaurant, it is not hard to speak of it to or even a stranger in an elevator um, or while we wait in line at the grocery store. Where shall we see him today among the people of our community? 
Well, this will start with us. He has made himself present to us in word and baptism and the Lord's Supper. That should help us to look, to look out there and see him in the community too. It's the same Jesus who comes to us is also the same Jesus who is out there, great and mighty, and whose sandals we're not worthy to untie either. So we stand at his altar here, we hear his word, we touch him in baptism, and so that when we go out there, we are equipped to recognize him. And we must ask, where is he? Well, he once stood among the penitents who lined up for John's baptism. He was wearing the human nature, you could say the human nature of the, that Jewish carpenter, the very human nature he retains to this day. And we do not expect him in the miracles, but in the incarnation. So where is he? Well, Jesus is still healing folks. He is feeding the multitudes. He is befriending the lonely. He is in hospitals and clinics. He is found in neighbors who help neighbors and much more. There is Christ-like love in hospitality in this season. So that woman who stresses about having her house just so for her guests, there is Christ-like love in the simple things that people do around us all the time. And when we point to that, highlight it, we are really pointing to something which resonates with Jesus. Now, a pastor tells this man about him, uh, tells a story about a man named Patrick, and he was a refugee from Africa. He was feeling very alone in a city full of people. And he walked up to the church that this pastor attended one day, and he was looking for a community. He was terrified to come. He was terrified to come to church the first day. His, his mother, who had come with him from Africa, told him that they likely ate people there. He wasn't sure. In Africa, you see, the cans of food always showed what was on the inside of the can on the label. And when, he, Pat, when Patrick went to the grocery store, had he not seen cans with pe pictures of smiling people on the outside? And of course, the worst was the baby food aisle because that smiling Gerber baby in the jar. Perhaps they did eat people. Finally, however, Patrick gathered enough courage to walk in the door after turning away prior to Sundays, and he learned, oh, he learned, the potlucks are not, they're not cannibalistic. No, they may not have always been heart healthy, but the Lutherans there did not eat people. They loved him. They loved him and his family, and Jesus was there in the handshake of the man who greeted them at the door. And he was in the pastor who welcomed him. Jesus was even in 
in the loving hands of the woman who made a bowl of green jello. You know, he tried at the potluck. Where is Jesus today? Well, God promises that he is among the people who do not know him. And sometimes that will be you and me. That will be us. Sometimes it will really surprise us when we see his smiling face glittering at, out from the crowds of folks, but make no mistake, he is out there. Find him, point to him. John did. Again, Christmas Eve services, great time to invite someone. There'll be lots of guests, visitors that evening. They, they can come, they can be even, there's even be a little anonymous. Uh, be a little comfortable. It might be the best time to invite a neighbor to church. One day, many years ago, a man was walking out with his son. He was in, his son was in a stroller. So it was a bright day and the father and son were walking along the, the, the street, which was close to the, their house when they saw an accident an elderly woman pulled out right out in front of a young man and he hit her car. No one was seriously hurt, but that cannot be said for either vehicle involved. This, this town that I'm speaking of was not a very large city, so the police were there um, and they came quickly and, and the father, he found himself talking to a police officer and giving a statement of what he had seen. He was a witness. His testimony would establish, help establish who was at fault uh, and who would have to pay for the damages. This reading says that John the Baptist was a witness to the light. And then... It goes on to tell us a little of his testimony. And again, if you have been a witness of an event, perhaps a given testimony in a, in, in a courtroom, then you know that your job is to not draw conclusions. Decide the case or establish guilt or innocence. You are supposed to tell what you have seen. That is all. The judge, the jury, they'll weigh that evidence and then um, make the decision. But the decision is out of your hands. You are simply the witness. You have seen, you have heard, and that bears on this case. So I, tend, I think we, we too often forget that about being a witness. We want to take responsibility for the decision or the judgment and think, that our Christian witnessing is a failure if it does not produce the desired result. God has not asked you to convert people. He does that. He does that. And it is the Holy Spirit's job to, conv to convince and quicken faith in that other person. That's not on you. I think we also sometimes believe that Christian witnessing 
involves you know, quoting the Bible or knowing theology thoroughly? Well, no. Being a witness is simply telling another what Jesus has done for you. What you have seen and experienced. Do not tell another person's story. Tell your story. Telling another person's story is called hearsay testimony. Only tell what you have seen and heard. That is valid testimony. You are a witness, like John the Baptist, and he admitted who he was and who he was not. He told what Christ does. You can do that too. And he promises you that this is the way that he builds his kingdom. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.